You're listening to From Fear to Love. I'm your host, Alma Lee. A lot of times when I work with clients, especially clients who are dating or are maybe just trying to build a friendship or relationship with someone, a lot of times the question comes up, how do I know that they're a good person? How do I know that we share the same values? How do I know what their intentions are? Well, you know what? I took some notes and I wanted to share with you a few things to think about when it comes to just interaction with other people, period, regardless of the nature of the connection. It's important that you understand yourself first, number one. Um, (laughs) We can't get into um, a connection with someone else, at least not a healthy one, if we don't have some fundamental understanding about who and what we are. And that's kind of a scary prospect, isn't it? If we've been moving through life in a way that, uh, you know, where we haven't taken the time to sit down and get to know ourselves, it sounds really super cheesy. It really does on the surface, especially if you're not really familiar to, um, uh, you know, spiritual growth. Uh, If you're not into your own evolution of self. If you have not taken the time to work with a therapist or maybe maybe somebody that's in, you know, a clergy, somebody in, in your church or somebody who can encourage you to evolve, a teacher, a professor, um, a mentor, someone at work, a supervisor, you have to take stock in who you are from your fundamental underpinnings of, you know, your experiences. What shaped you into who you are today? Because once you understand that, then you'll have the fundamental understanding of what you need to address in your own personality and how you interact with other people. That's got to be taken care of first before you expect someone else to come into your space and be accountable to the same degree that, you know, you're not holding yourself. But all of that you know, conversations that I've had with people where, you know, how do I get to know somebody? How do I know? How do I know who they are and what they think, feel, believe? How do I know we're a good match? How do I know that I can trust this person? You know, you don't. You really don't. And at the end of the day, you've got to be able to trust yourself enough to make good decisions with regard to your time, with regard to your attention, with regard to your money. A lot of times, you know, money is involved in interaction with other people. But at the end of the day, if you don't know yourself, you will not ever be able to fully connect with someone else. Because at that point, it's just an attachment, right? It's just a connection with someone as an expectation that this person is going to fulfill a particular need that you may have. And, you know, on the surface, they, that may not necessarily be a bad thing, but if you're looking for something deeper, something that has a significant uh, fundamental presence in your life, it's gotta, you got to go deeper, and that starts with you. Um, I, I will never encourage someone to um, investigate someone else's personality traits without engaging them to look at themselves first. And I do this, I do this for myself. I'm always looking at my myself 
for opportunities of, of improvement. And I do it in a healthy way. And I, I share that with you. I share that with clients. I share that with friends. You know, you, you have to do your own due diligence. You have to look inward. You have to do the introspection of self. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. You've got to do your homework on yourself. You've got to ask for help. If you have the means to see a therapist, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your background is. I encourage you to go and talk to a therapist. Everybody needs a mental health checkup. It's like having a dentist. We all need a checkup. We all need to go and see someone. The thing is, is I think that most of us know subconsciously that we have some things that we don't necessarily want to talk about, don't necessarily want to address. And it's worked for us for the most part in repression of those features of our personality or those experiences that we had as a child that we just don't see the value in unearthing later on in life. The problem with that is that whether you know it or not, your experiences as a child have absolutely created your personality to be what it is today as an adult. So if you existed in an environment where you're consistently feeling on guard and your cortisol levels, you know, your hormones in your body were constantly charged up, you've got this, you know, you're predisposed to uh, general anxiety and general anxiety disorder where you're constantly struggling with anxiety now, then yeah, you, you do need to look at that because with some reframing work, with some, you know, uh, investigation, in understanding, you can pick apart some of those emotional responses that we knee jerk into that cause us problems as adults because we have certain expectations of how our life is going to play out based upon the experiences that we've already had. And if we've already had traumatic experiences as children, then it only makes sense that we move we move into adulthood with a mindset of expecting the same issues, the same experiences over and over again. It's an emotional thing and it can be reframed logically in a, a, a safe environment with a therapist. You can do some of it by reading if there's no other issues, but for the most part, you kind of need a coach. I mean, that's really what therapists are. They're like referees, <laughs> uh, life referees, where they tell you and they blow the whistle and tell you, hey, you're doing this the wrong way. This is what you need to be doing. So when people talk to me and ask me, Alma, how do I, how do I get to know this person? That's the first thing is you got to get to know yourself. Number one, you have to know what your personality traits are. Um, you have to know what it is that you want and you desire as an outcome in any connection with someone, whether it's any kind of relationship. It, it's not just romantic. Uh, it could be platonic friendship. You know, you, you don't want to be in a personal relationship with someone who is not uh, seeing you, someone who, that you don't respect. Um, you know, uh, I, I, told, uh, I told a gentleman um, yesterday I was speaking with, you know, and he was asking for my insight on how do you get to know someone, which is where this, you know, this episode's coming from that in other conversations as well. I thought that's a great topic. Let me talk about that. Um, and he asked me, he's like, what do you look for? What do you look for in your personal relationships with people? And that's such a, that's such a huge question, right? Because I think that it probably wasn't until I was in my maybe early thirties, maybe mid thirties, actually, before I actually started paying attention 
to my problematic behaviors and how that was causing me a breakdown in my, in my relationships with other people because I wasn't doing my homework. I wasn't looking at the things that I was doing and the things that I was bringing to the table in all of my relationships and then expecting other people to just deal with. And then why was I connecting with people that were manipulative, that were toxic, that were trying to use me for some shape, you know, for some reason, whatever. And a lot of those relationships, you know, they've, they've come and gone because I recognized that they were not helpful. They were not fruitful. They were not based in some type of authentic connection, uh, genuine, um, you know, connection point where they just wanted to be my friend. There was, you know, some, uh, manipulative aspect. There was a, 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 an ulterior, ulterior motive in connecting with me. So that was something that I was dealing with uh, about 10 years ago. And it kind of pushed me forward in, in this journey is recognizing that I have a gift. I think that you have a gift. I have a gift in using my voice to speak with people and to challenge people to think about life in different ways. But I do so in a way where I'm holding myself in that same space. And so this has been a journey of my own. Um, but when this gentleman and I were talking and he had asked me, he's like, well, what do you, what do you seek in, in these relationships that you connect with other people in your friendships and relationships or whatever? And I told him, I said, flat out, I said, I cannot keep someone in my close circle that I don't respect. That's a deal breaker. I mean, I, I can't, I can't even begin to fake it. Like I've reached that point in my life where if you behave in a manner that I do not align with from my own values, I'm not going to be close to you. I might express a little bit of kindness to you. I might tolerate you because maybe we, you know, run in some similar circles. I might express some, you know, friendly gestures, but you won't be in my personal space. You won't be connected to me. And I encourage everyone to uh, put themselves in that same mindset because when you do that, not only are you holding other people accountable for how they treat you, you have to hold yourself accountable because it doesn't make any sense at all to say that I'm not going to have anything to do with this person because I can't respect them if you don't have self-respect, right? Um, I will not be connected to a friend, a partner um, that I don't feel is living their life in a manner that challenges me to do better. I consistently seek to find other people to inspire me to continue to grow, to evolve, to become better. I want to see the best in you. I want to find the things that make you such a, a, a magnanimous <laughs> individual that I want to lean into and gravitate toward. It's not that I want you to, um, you know, live for me or, or be this sort of, you know, this, um, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, just it, on, almost from a dogmatic perspective, like I'm, I'm, you know, looking up to you as, as far as you being greater than me. No, that's not it. I, I'm not looking for someone to be bigger than me and greater than me as far as, you know, uh, over me. I just want to see things in the people that are in my sphere that challenge me 
to look at what I'm doing. Like I'll pay attention to someone's work ethic, for example. And if I feel like this person's really got their time management down, they're taking care of their business, they're not wasting time, they're taking care of their family. Those are things that are important that I pay attention to in other people, people that I care about and respect. And I look at myself and think, am I doing the same thing? Am I living my life to the same degree that this person is? And if I'm not, then I start looking at ways to improve that. And that's the thing that I seek. That's the thing that I seek. That, and that's the thing that I, I challenge my friends, my clients, my peers, my colleagues to do for themselves as well. Um, someone that is patient and kind with me. I, um, I think that for me personally, one of my struggles has been to express kindness when I wasn't feeling like I wanted to be kind. And, and that kind of spiraled into the understanding of why is it difficult to be kind to some people? I got to the understanding that for me in my own experience with trauma is that being unkind to someone is a defense mechanism that tends, it, it keeps you safe, right? So when somebody is, you know, rude or, or, you know, passive aggressive or manipulative or whatever, People who see that as a trigger can be very unkind as a result that can, you know, retaliate, say something, cuss them out, yell at them, um, scream at them. And, and that's a defensive posture because it, it, it says, okay, I'm going to protect myself. You're not going to treat me the way I used to be treated. I'm not going to tolerate this. And I'm going to push back by being super defensive and letting you know that your behavior is not tolerated. But the thing is, is that there has to be a balance with that. Like when somebody's unkind to you or you feel is being manipulative, it doesn't need to be responded to all the time with such uh, huge levels of aggression, which I myself can readily attest that I've been, I've been guilty of that. I've, you know, I've cussed people out. I've, I've allowed them to trigger that responsiveness in me. But again, you know, something, if you feel like you're being triggered by something, that is a great uh, learning opportunity. It's a great opportunity for growth because you can look at that and say, why is, why is this making me feel this way? So that's another thing that's um, paying attention to those features and how other people make me feel about myself. Are they kind? Are they patient? Do they challenge you to do, think, and feel better about yourself? Um, are they someone that you want to emulate? Are they somebody that you want to be like? These are really simple when you really break it down, when you think about, you know, getting to know somebody and why do you want to get to know somebody? Um, <laughs> um, one of the quickest ways that I have learned, and I've shared this with clients, I've shared this with friends, I've told my kids this, is one of the quickest ways to assess at least initially someone's genuine intentions and their character is to tell them no exactly when you when they ask something of you maybe they want your time maybe they want your money maybe they want your attention and if it's something that you're not ready to lean into connect with and you you're not ready for that you not only do you need to say no but you need to be very clear about that because it's important to enforce those boundaries early on but here's the thing. Here's the value in that. When you tell someone no, especially when you're getting to know them, pay attention to how they respond. That is going to tell you 
huge amounts of what you need to know about this person and this connection moving forward. Because you need to be very, very mindful if someone is not respecting your decision. Oh, you don't really mean that. You don't really mean no. Come on, think about it. You know, this is a great opportunity. This is, you know, if you can just give me this money here or that, or if you can spend this kind of time, or if you could just give me your attention, I promise I can make you, you know, I promise I can convince you, yada, 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 you know, A, B, C, and D. That right there is somebody saying that I don't respect your decision. I don't respect you telling me no. And salesmen can, they will tout that this is a trait for good salesmanship. So if you're dealing with somebody who's in sales, be mindful of that as well. I'm not putting salesmen down, but there is a certain level of uh, manipulative tactics that go into making a sale. It is what it is. And maybe that sale is getting your time or your attention or your money. So say no when you need to say no, when you want to say no, and pay attention on how they treat you. Pay attention to their response to your no. If they're respectful and they hold space for you and they understand it and they maybe they say, well, can I revisit this later on? Can I ask you again in a couple of weeks? Can I do this? When people respond to you respectfully, when you reject them, you know, if you will, for lack of a better term, that says something. That says that they uh, are being mindful of your decision and that they respect it. And you don't want to have uh, a connection with anyone that's not based in respect. Mutual respect, mutual authentic respect that is, is based in, you know, being able to see and recognize in other people. You know, um, I was telling, you know, this gentleman yesterday, you, you don't, you'll never ever be able to fully understand someone else. If you're going into any kind of connection with someone else, the first thing that you really need to realize, um, but beyond any of this, beyond any of these, you know, practices of connection, th the first thing you need to understand is that you're never going to know everything about someone else. You're never going to live inside their head. You're never going to fully understand who they are, what makes them tick. And, and why, they, why they behave the way they do. And as long as you can move forward with that understanding, you're already ahead of the game. Um, I see a lot of people who feel that in order to feel safe in a friendship, a partnership, coworker, colleague, in order to feel safe in that, they feel like, well, that person's got to show me that they want to get to know me, that they want to understand me. Well, guess what? They're never going to fully understand you either. That's not how relationships work. Other people can't crawl into your existence and fully understand everything about you, um, understand why you uh, live the way you do, why you think the way you do, why your personality functions the way it does. That, that part, that can't happen. It, we don't have enough time to do that. Other people should never be expected to fully understand you. The, the key in connection is respect. Allow people to share what they want to share and be okay with the, you know, the parameters by which you enter into that connection. Maybe you're not comfortable talking about your past. Maybe you're not comfortable about detailing some features of, of things that you've experienced. That's okay. You know, at the end of the day, as long as you understand that you're entering into that connection with 
the, the concept intact that you're not going to ever fully know everything and be okay with that. You're already, you're, you're already ahead of the game. But yeah, that's what I was telling him yesterday. So uh, say no. Pay attention to how they react to that. Um, lean into conversations and connections with people that you respect and that respect you. And um, pay attention to how they're living their life. Pay attention to what they're doing with their time. Um, pay attention to uh, their goals. You know, do they have goals? Um, you know, are you functioning in a headspace of lack or are you functioning in a headspace of abundance? Because if you move through life with the mindset of gratitude and abundance, then everything that somebody else comes into your life with is seen as just extra. It's not seen as critical for functioning. If you're living in a headspace of lack, then you're going to be far more tolerant of abuse, neglect, um, allowing people to erode the sanctity of the peace that you have in your life now. I see it happen a lot, you know, friendships, relationships, jobs, where they shouldn't be, they shouldn't exist because, you know, one is really toxic and the other one is very codependent and tolerant. And it's all based in a lack mindset. The reason that the person doesn't want to let that go is because they feel that there's no other options. They feel like they can't do better. They feel like they, maybe they feel like they're undeserving of something better or greater. When you adapt to the abundant mindset, then you don't have the tolerance level of someone eroding your abundance by coming into your space and taking that from you. It just won't be allowed. So that goes back to what I was saying earlier about you got to know yourself. Before you get to know anybody else, you have to know who you are and what you're sort of coming into that connection with and, and, and your mannerisms and the things that you need to work on. You, nobody's perfect. Nobody is perfect. Nobody's ever going to be perfect. We don't want to achieve perfection. That's not, that's not where it's at. What we do want to achieve is being functional and healthy, um, working towards excellence as opposed to perfection. I think that's healthy. I think that uh, encouraging yourself as well as the people around you to do, think, and feel better about themselves is where it's at. That's what I seek to do. That's what I seek to do in all of my relationships. Um, I, 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 you know, I trip over my feet from time to time because I'm human. We're all fallible. And uh, you are as well, my friend. Uh, you got to give yourself a, a pat on the back for a job well done. And you have to be mindful of not being self-deprecating when you do slip up. Learn from it. Grow from it. Try to pay attention to it so that you don't repeat that mistake again because there's going to be other mistakes that you'll make on down the line that you can learn from as well. So know yourself. When you're learning to get to know somebody else, know who you are. Know your own behaviors. Know the things that you need to work on. And be honest. Be honest. Um, it can be hard to do that, especially when shame is attached, when you feel shameful. Uh, this is why I encourage people to go and get a mental health checkup. Because when you have a coach, a mental health coach, that mental health coach can gently guide you into figuring out your own BS without beating yourself up along the way. Because that's what we need. A lot of times we need our hand held and we need to be encouraged in our own growth so that we can achieve and think and do better. So that we can actually become 
the high level, high vibration, high functioning individual that we seek to partner with, that we seek to become friends with, that we seek to work with. So you have to work on yourself. You have to know yourself and pay attention to those features because you can't expect someone else to come into your life if you're not coming into your own life in a healthy way. All right. From fear to love. This has been an LBM production. Please like, subscribe, and share this show. Thanks for listening. Yeah.